Dr. Tio Wan Lin and welcome to my podcast, Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. In this week's Dermatology Flash Briefing, we're going to be talking about perioral dermatitis. Perioral dermatitis, as its name suggests, refers to a condition affecting the area around the mouth, literally perioral, and also synonymously known as periorificial dermatitis, which means that it can appear over the other orifices as well. In the case of periocular dermatitis, the rashes appear around the eyes, on the eyelids, around the nose area. Now, these are all the orifices on the face and is described as a form of eczema affecting the orifices, hence the term periorificial dermatitis, which is synonymous with perioral dermatitis. Now, dermatitis itself is a term that describes the breakdown of the skin barrier, physically seen as redness, flaking, bumps on the surface of the skin, and also subjective sensations such as sensitivity to external triggers, environmental changes, um, internal uh, emotions of stress, um, sometimes with illnesses such as flus or diarrhea, we find that perioral dermatitis can act up as well. Fluctuations in the hormonal cycle for women around the time of their menstrual cycle, all this can cause perioral dermatitis to flare. The most common trigger for perioral dermatitis in a genetically susceptible individual would be applied topical creams. The main causes of um, contactants that trigger off perioral dermatitis would be topical steroids. Um, these are often inappropriately used, either illegally purchased uh, over the counter or inappropriately used low potency topical steroids such as hydrocortisone um, over a long period of time without medical supervision. Now, perioral dermatitis can also be worsened by the application of moisturizers, sunscreens, uh, both of which are actually essential components in one's skincare regimen, which makes the treatment of perioral dermatitis extremely challenging. Now, before we go on to the treatment options for perioral dermatitis, we're going to be talking about how to identify it and you know, perhaps if you think that you have it, what you can do about it. Now, the clinical presentation must be distinguished from acne. So it is a common mimic of acne and another condition known as rosacea because both all these conditions actually um, can present with clusters or red bumps around the nose and the mouth area. However, most distinctively, Acne has open comedones, closed comedones, um, which are referring to blackheads and whiteheads in colloquial terms. Um, and these are also mixed with the um, uh, presentation of pustules on your skin. In perioral dermatitis, pustules are also common, but there is almost always background redness, dryness, flaking. This redness must be distinguished from that of rosacea. 
which also affects the cheeks and the forehead. But in perioral dermatitis, it tends to be localized to the area just around the mouth or the nose and the eyelid area. Notably, it also spares specific areas such as the um, margin around the lips. Now, for adult acne, it is sometimes quite confusing because we know that hormonal acne uh, tends to affect the uh, jawline, what we call the U-zone of the face. Uh, physiologic acne, which starts in teenage years, uh, affects the T-zone of the face, the nose, the forehead area. And a lot of adult uh, acne sufferers continue to have uh, seborrhea at those areas, excess production of oil. Now, perioral dermatitis, um, because it affects the area around the mouth, can sometimes be confused for hormonal acne. However, the symptoms are quite important and quite different. So individuals with perioral dermatitis complain of stinging sensation, the inability to use any form of cosmetic, which um, causes the skin to flare up. So their usual makeup or their cleanser or their sunscreen causes the skin to sting and to flare up. Unlike in acne, or even in rosacea. Now, it's also key to note that both eczema and perioral dermatitis can coexist, as it can also coexist with acne. Most importantly, perioral dermatitis is rather challenging to treat and because most dermatological conditions are treated first with topicals, it presents a unique treatment challenge because perioral dermatitis itself can be triggered off by topical medications. So the first line treatment for mild perioral dermatitis, uh, we often prescribe topical antibiotics, but these are of limited use um, because of the issue of antibiotic resistance. Um, it is applicable because part of the uh, etiology of uh, perioral dermatitis has been pinpointed to um, a certain bacteria, fusobacteria, and changes in the skin microbiome. Now, in my position paper on biofunctional textiles and MASNI, uh, I postulated that biofunctional textiles, when um, applied over the skin in the form of a reusable fabric mask, can uh, present a therapeutic opportunity to uh, treat the skin microbiome. And I think this is also relevant in the treatment of conditions such as perioral dermatitis, um, you know, which we know is related to the skin microbiome. Moving on, we want to talk about the mainstay of treatment for moderate to severe perioral dermatitis. These individuals are mostly treated with oral medications. We dispense low dose, uh, what we call sub-antimicrobial doses of oral antibiotics such as tetracyclines, doxycycline being one of the commonest tetracyclines which is used in clinical practice, erythromycin for individuals who are intolerant of doxycycline. Now, in individuals who fail treatment with oral antibiotics, then sometimes low-dose isotretinoin, also known by its brand name Accutane, uh, can be prescribed uh, and will help the condition to a certain extent. Moving on, there are specific uh, contactants and triggers to avoid in your skincare regimen if you suspect that you have perioral dermatitis. First of all, your most important skincare step is cleansing. As we alluded to earlier, 
the change in the skin microflora uh, is responsible for some of the inflammation that occurs in uh, perioral dermatitis. Cleansing your skin is important because it restores this microbiome balance. Gentle cleansing is preferred over astringent cleansing. Now, if you are um, the sort of person that likes your skin feeling squeaky clean after you cleanse it, uh, just know that this is actually going against the principles of dermatological science because in order for the skin to maintain its healthy barrier function, there has to be a layer of lipids that sit on top of the skin, trapping moisture, within the topmost layer of the skin is stratum corneum to prevent transepidermal water loss. Now, the second most important step in your skincare regimen, if you have perioral dermatitis, is actually moisturizing. Now, it seems like a trick question. Do you have to moisturize if you have perioral dermatitis? Because we've said before that moisturizers can actually make your condition worse. But the truth is, because it is a form of dermatitis, which means that there is a breach in the skin barrier, completely skipping a moisturizer means that you're setting yourself up for more complications and a more prolonged cause of the condition because you know that your skin barrier is critical in preventing the external allergens, the environmental triggers from um, you know, causing your skin to get worse in terms of uh, inflammation. Importantly, we want to focus on the type of moisturizer. Serums, in this case, are more beneficial than ointments or heavy creams. Um, I prefer serums and lotions as the key moisturizing vehicles in um, the adjuvant therapy of um, perioral dermatitis. The active ingredients are crucial here. Hyaluronic acid, sodium hyaluronic being the chemical name of the um, compound, is naturally found in your skin's dermis and is responsible for a lot of the cell communication that goes on what we call cell talk. It's important to ensure that whatever you apply on your skin is absorbed and then goes on to repair the skin barrier so that it can um, you know, help the skin preserve its protective function. The gold standard of moisturizer therapy in eczema is actually now termed as a prescription emollient device. So this is essentially a lipid balanced moisturizer um, with an anti-inflammatory component that is non-steroidal. So this term was first coined by a pediatric dermatologist, Lauren Eichenfeld, um, to describe the type of uh, steroid-sparing therapy that could improve the outcome of uh, treatment of eczema patients. So when you um, apply that to the treatment of facial eczema or other forms of dermatitis, it is also expected that as the skin barrier function improves and overall the skin is more resilient and able to handle inflammation um, arising from pre-existing uh, dermatological conditions such as perioral dermatitis or even external contactants uh, much better. 
it is a delicate balance when you are recommending a skincare regimen for an individual suffering from perioral dermatitis. Um, sunscreen is regarded as a key component in every skincare regimen. And because perioral dermatitis, interestingly, is also a sun-sensitive, what we call photosensitive condition. Um, another photosensitive condition that occurs in the face, it looks a lot like um, you know, the uh, clinical presentation of perioral dermatitis is separate dermatitis, separate dermatitis is uh, colloquially known as dandruff. So it is caused by a yeast known as malassezia, which lives on your scalp primarily. It feeds off the greasy, oily environment of your scalp. Um, but when it colonizes your uh, skin on the face, you get redness over areas such as the eyebrows, around the nose area, area we call the nasolabial folds. Um, and it is also important that we do not uh, misdiagnose these conditions. Perioral dermatitis and seborrheic dermatitis are examples of photosensitive facial dermatosis that um, would benefit from sun protection. The uh, idea of using a uh, even a dermatologist recommended sunscreen on an uh, individual who suffers from perioral dermatitis uh, is actually uh, quite tricky because um, the vehicle of all uh, effective sunscreens is actually an oil base. Um, this enables the uh, UVA component of the sunscreen uh, to remain stable and active. Um, so in the case of an individual perioral dermatitis, in the acute treatment phase, I often ask them to simply avoid exposure to sun. Uh, with the advent of um, the UPF um, textiles, uh, for example, what we incorporated in our biofunctional textile uh, under the biomaterials arm of Dr. T.W. Dermaceuticals, that is also a potential um, avenue uh, for the sun protection benefits of a textile when topical sunscreen is contraindicated. Now, masne is just one of the conditions that can arise from wearing a face mask. We've spoken about facial eczema, in this case, perioral dermatitis. We've briefly talked about rosacea as well as seborrheic dermatitis. All these are dermatoses on facial skin, which will be exacerbated by textile skin friction, as in the case of wearing a face mask and also by changes in the skin microenvironment. And this is where the concept of biofunctional textiles is particularly relevant because they essentially function as topical antibiotics, but without the side effects of antibiotic resistance, which is what we have observed with topical antibiotic therapy, say in the treatment of rosacea, acne, and perioral dermatitis. There is a special category of um, what to avoid in terms of your skincare and contactants when it comes to your regimen if you have been diagnosed with perioral dermatitis. First of all, toothpaste. Avoid fluorinated toothpaste, mint toothpaste in particular. Look for children's brands toothpaste SLS free brands um, are also more helpful, uh, better tolerated by individuals who suffer from perioral dermatitis. Secondly, non-dermatologists recommended products 
these are going to trigger off a flare-up in your skin condition when it comes to makeup it is important for you to get your condition treated properly have it under control before you start experimenting with makeup now it is of course relevant um, for cosmetic reasons that you would want to conceal your facial rashes um, in my practice we have a color correction service which is uh, essentially uh, based on the color wheel using green to counteract the background redness of perioridermatitis uh, in a formula that does not irritate the skin and does not cause flare-ups. It is an emulsion formula that also contains anti-inflammatory ingredients for skin healing properties. CC creams may be more beneficial compared to traditional foundations. If you have perioridermatitis, CC creams tend to have added antioxidant uh, ingredients as well as uh, emollient properties. Now, in closing, we want to summarize the few things we've learned about perioridermatitis. Now, first of all, it is a fairly common condition that's often misdiagnosed as acne, hormonal acne, in particular rosacea, um, and it is a very troubling condition which can lead to long-term scarring and worsening sensitivity if it's left untreated. Medical treatment is absolutely essential for perioridermatitis. There is no cosmetic or aesthetic intervention in the form of lasers or peels that would be able to treat the condition effectively. It is important to seek the help of an accredited dermatologist uh, when you're managing this condition, which needs to be followed up long-term as well. Medications are often required in the treatment of perioridermatitis. We have covered some of the important skincare tips that um, you know, we can implement if you suspect you have perioridermatitis, um, triggers to avoid, and also what symptoms should prompt you to see a dermatologist for an opinion. Now, that's it for today's episode of Dermatologist Talks, Signs of Beauty. Thank you for joining me. You can follow me on my Instagram at Dr. Tiawan Lin. The full podcast transcript is on the website www.signsofbeauty.net and I wish you all a wonderful week. Oh.